This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. But this is Bat Fans. Yes, we're still here. This is episode number 189. Uh, my name is Dane, and with me, as always, as always, Tim is Tim. <laughs> I said your name twice. <laughs> yes, Tim is here being Tim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have to ask you how are you liking Star Wars Jedi colon, Fallen Order? <laughs> you know what? First off, I always found that title to be a little weird because it's usually the colon after Star Wars. It's you know, like Star Wars colon Jedi Fallen Order, but Star Wars yeah. Jedi colon Fallen Order. Why did they do that? Is that yeah. supposed to be like a series, like Star Wars Jedi? Maybe because that's what it seems like. Yeah. It goes to the Fallen Order, Rise of the Order. Maybe will be the next sequel for it if it gets one. Yeah. I, I found that to be a little weird, but yeah, I mean, big week for Star Wars this past week, which we'll get into a little bit in our feature topic. But okay. so far. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I mean, I'm not too far into it. I made it to the first kind of like prologue tutorial level, which was pretty cool, setting up the story. Then I went to my first planet location. Um, Gameplay-wise, a lot of it, I mean, it's a mix of stuff. There's a lot of Uncharted is mixed in there, which is, you know, fine by me. A game was always fun. Um, I I heard there's a lot of Metroid comparisons to it as well, which I'm just starting to get that vibe now to where I'm at, where there's kind of a lot of back and forth going to different areas that you couldn't access to previously. And now once you learn a new ability or get a new object, you can. So I'm just starting that. Are you off of the first planet that you go to? Mm -hmm. The the planet with the tower? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I finished that one. And then that's after I finished that planet, that's where you got your choice to go to, um, Dathomir, yeah, or the planet with the that species, the Zypho, I believe they're called. <laughs> but I chose Dathomir first because you know it's a planet I I recognize. It's from the Clone Wars. It's home of the Night Sisters and the Saw's Ventures, Darth Maul. So a lot of history there. It looks amazing. I love how you know the red sun sh- is shining down there. It's a very creepy vibe to it. So I wanted to see how it looked in the game. It looks awesome. But maybe I went there too soon because I got my butt kicked <laughs> by <laughs> the Knight Brothers there and their weapons. I, the combat is kind of my 
not, I don't want to say an issue, but something that I was hoping to be a little bit better and a little more fluid in my opinion. Um, I was hoping more of an Arkham feel. I'll say that because I know once they were showing the first gameplay footage of that, I was hoping that that's what it'd be like. I saw some hints that maybe it was going to be like that, but it really isn't. I kind of the big thing I'm missing is that counter button <laughs> that you get in the Arkham games because you do have your block and parry button, but uh, to me, it doesn't always feel accurate when I'm doing it because I I block and parry, but I always get you know, broken up and maybe I should just dodge more or maybe I'm just not good anymore <laughs> at these type of combat games. But uh, maybe what I, when I was playing to the Dathomir level, I was getting killed a lot. <laughs> but it's something, yeah. it could be a good thing where, you know, it's simple, the button layout's simple, but it's one of those things maybe that's just difficult to get down to where you're really like, mastering that combat flow for it. So, I mean, it's something that hopefully I'll... I uh, get used to more and get more comfortable with it, but I was getting <laughs> killed a lot yesterday. It took me forever to reach the end point of Dathomir, but um, I'm enjoying the story of it so far. The graphics are amazing. I mean, it looks fantastic on an Xbox One X. Um, so yeah, I'm enjoying that, enjoying it a lot right now. So I just hope I don't die too many times or begins to get frustrating. <laughs> but yeah. it's getting rave reviews, so I was excited before I started playing it. Once I saw the reviews come out, how it's one of the best Star Wars games a lot of people are saying, and even one of the best games in the year. So definitely looking forward to really diving into it more. Yeah, I, that, that's uh, one of my criticism, criticisms of uh, the game is the button layout. Um, with the, you know, to interact with stuff, it's the R3 or whatever it is on the, the xbox yeah. you should, that's what we should say you're playing on the xbox which is a yeah. nice surprise for me <laughs> yeah i'm playing on the xbox and the the block is the uh it's not the, the l it's the lb button the l yeah b right so so l b stands for bumper and then t stands for trigger mm-hmm. yeah okay why can why, why couldn't they just go r1 r2 there was a couple times where um you know there's like that quick time event and like you, you, you when you're fighting the sister um what's her name mm. uh sister uh, second sister second sister right and you have to press the x button mm-hmm I was yeah, pressing I the a it. button oh. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> because, so used to the playstation yeah. <laughs> that's right <laughs> Yeah, it's the Xbox no. on the PlayStation on the bottom. <laughs> yeah, right. That's where the A button is on the Xbox controller. Yeah, so I don't know if it's just because I decided, I'm a PS4 player and I decided to play it on Xbox, or if the button button layout or the controller controller layout is really not very good. But uh, I had a I had a bit of trouble with, especially deflecting the. Um, the the laser mm. um, the laser beams back yeah. to the stormtroopers, I had a real hard time with that. I don't know if it's uh, like 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 you said a timing issue, like you just don't have it anymore, <laughs> <laughs> or if like there's something finicky with it. Um, See, I did okay with that. It was mainly yeah. blocking some melee attacks. Just mainly on Dathomir. That was the biggest one that gave me trolls. <laughs> That's why I was thinking, did I go there too soon? I have to yeah. get more skills or something, but. Yeah, and um, also uh, another criticism I have of it is that it's not. It, it, you brought up the Uncharted games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Uncharted games, Naughty Dog 
it doesn't matter if it's the Uncharted series or The Last of Us. They they make these extremely extremely polished games, right? Um, yeah. There's there's no bugs. There's no glitches and stuff. I had a I had I I think it was on that first planet that you go to uh, with the with the tower. Mm. Um, there was a lot of frame rate drop where it was getting you know, stuttery and robotic. Mm. And I had to look down. I had to point the camera down uh, to the grass to move through the area. I don't know if it's because I have the original Xbox. or the, I was just um, going to ask, what Xbox do you One have? S. Okay, yeah, I've heard it. That's, it runs worse on that than the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. So that, I see. that's proving true, which, you know, yeah. it shouldn't be the case anyway. But Yeah, it's, it, it got so stuttery at some points. I had, like, I... Um, you you have the wall jump, and yeah. I would completely miss it. I would completely <laughs> miss the other side. So, um, besides that, I I really like the story. The the, the acting is really good. The voice acting mm. and the the mocap or whatever you yeah. call it is really good. Uh, really realistic. Um, and uh, yeah, I really love the story so far. Yeah, so far you know really like the character Calcast is played by. The Joker himself from Gotham, or I should say Jerome, <laughs> but that's what Cameron Monahan—he's doing. It. Sometimes it's hard to—I just see the the Jerome character in him when I see him in the game <laughs> at the first watch, first start of play. But uh, the more I'm getting into it, the more he's starting to feel like his own new character in this. But uh, there's also some a lot of cool Easter eggs and references in the few levels I've done so far. I mean, yeah. mild spoiler alert. I mean, an Easter egg spoiler if you don't want to know that type of stuff. But I loved it um, where. Well, you haven't beaten that temple, that level yet, so maybe I shouldn't say it. But there's no, a cool Star Wars. I did. Okay, you did. Yeah. Okay, so um, when you, she shows him the holocron, that, and then it opens up with Obi Wan saying the message yeah. about the Jedi Order has fallen that you see in the first episode of Rebels, with right. the same audio from James Arnold Taylor as Obi Wan. That was really cool. <laughs> it, so is, yeah, I, so I, I have to ask you. So, is her name Siri? The um, the former Jedi. Yeah, on it's the ship. Not, it's not Siri. <laughs> I don't think so. See, I'm still getting used to the character names on there. I'm just right now, just Cal BD One, who is an amazing yeah. droid. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's already becoming one of my favorite droids in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, what is her name like, Siri or something? Yeah, it's probably something to look up. Yeah, but um, so so she was a former Jedi, and then she here it is, Sarah Jedi. Yeah. So you're Sarah, yeah. So so she was a former Jedi, and then she just quit. Yeah, to see right now, I'm assuming they'll go more into her story and throughout the game. But it seems like something happens while, uh, while she left the Jedi, or something happened to her before Order sixty six. So that's the impression I'm getting. Hmm. There's a comic series going on right now where yeah. it tells about her and the character Eno, uh, the Jedi who's sending the message in that temple. Yeah, I haven't been reading yeah. it, though. We're probably going to wait for it to come with Marvel Unlimited to catch up on it, but I'm sure that'll dive into what happens. <laughs> oh, I see. I can't get every Star Wars comic that's out there. There's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so is it the Star Wars game you've been waiting for, Tim? 
Mm, I'm not ready to say that yet because I like a lot of Star Wars games, but yeah, it could very well end up being one of the, my favorites by the time I finish with itself. Got to give it a little more time. Oh, okay. But speaking of video games, Dan, I wanted to ask you too. Yeah. Have you been playing Death Stranding? No. <laughs> <laughs> Did you at least try it <laughs> when it came Not out? Yet. I know you pre-ordered it. <laughs> Not yet. Um, you know, it is the reviews. It's the reviews. And maybe I should just play it to to make my own opinion. But, you know, like I was telling you earlier this week, I, I did buy Forza Horizon 4, which I've been waiting to play. Um, and Fallen Order came out. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save it for after Fallen Order. After I'm done with Fallen Order. That's good. Yeah, for, you don't want to play or have two games going like that at the same time. Yeah, I just can't do that. I don't. I, I, just, I, I don't have the time. Yeah. to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's the reviews that have made me. Uh, what is it? What's the word? Uh, hesitant. Hesitant, right? To to fully dive into it, and then I don't know. I have this thing where uh, unless a bug prevents me from finishing it or <laughs> like a certain batman game <laughs> or unless i the game is just downright awful i do have to finish it so no matter what <laughs> yeah um also i do have to beat uh the the last tomb raider game i bought it for xbox See, I still got to uh, play the second one. <laughs> yeah. I got that one on sale. I'll probably get the third one when it's on sale this holiday just to have all of them and eventually play them. But I, I know I've been yeah. wanting to play those too. It always goes on sale on Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Which is nice. Wasn't it uh, exclusive to Xbox for a little bit? For like a um, year. Then it was either the first one or the second one. I yeah. Think. I forget which one though. It might have been the second one. I think it was the second one. Oh, I see. Well, I have to beat the third one. I've played the first two, and this is the last one in the trilogy. So I have to, I don't know. I I, I might go Fall in Order, Tomb Raider, and then Death Stranding. <laughs> Just going to keep pulling, pushing off Death Stranding yeah. as much as you can. <laughs> so, so next year, I'll finally play Death Stranding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then I, I would have to beat Death Stranding before The Last of Us 2 comes out in... May, I think. I think it got pushed in May. So, yeah, I have six months <laughs> <laughs> to beat uh, Death Stranding or all three games. <laughs> I think you could manage that unless you really, really take your time. Yeah. I mean, it's taken me forever to beat games nowadays. I mean, I want to make sure I beat the Zelda Link's Awakening remake on the Switch before Jedi Fallen Order came out. And then yeah. that Zelda game came out in September. Well, I got plenty of time, but I just beat it last weekend. <laughs> I go, oh, wow. Like, oh, shoot, Jedi Fallen Order is this way. I got to make sure I beat this game. Yeah. I just, there's so much stuff going on right now. I just have time to play as much as I used to, which bums me out. But man, that Zelda remake was so good. Going from, you know, the old Game Boy Color when I first played it to, you know, the full blown graphics on the Switch was so, so good. Is that completely remade, or is it just a... No, completely remade from the ground up. It's not like the... Yeah. It's the same story, same gameplay. Everything's the same, just that graphics are updated and gameplay mechanics are updated with it, too. Mm, I see. 
Uh, one thing that I, I realize I can't do anymore, uh, just because I don't know, it, it, it was good at the time, but I just can't do it in today's day and age, is uh, uh, no voice acting. Mm, uh, I just can't do it. I can kind of understand that, but with Zelda, it's been yeah. like that for so long. It's almost like it's part of its charm. But I will say, with Breath of the Wild, when the cutscenes had voice acting, that was a breath of fresh air for Zelda games. It's like <laughs> It just adds a whole new dimension to it, what I love. But when it doesn't have it, it's not the worst thing in the world to me because it's been like that for so long with Zelda games. But yeah, I wouldn't nice. mind if they go full dive into voice acting. As long as Link doesn't talk, that's okay yeah. because there's games still where like the main character doesn't say anything. It still works. Or even if they're speaking Japanese, you know, or their own language. Japanese, yeah, if they're speaking Japanese and there's subtitles, you know, I, I'd be fine with that. It's just mm. you know, like I, I can't do the the no voice acting all text uh, uh, dialogue thing, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's an outdated format for games. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's our video game talk for, yep. <laughs> for this episode. Um, now we can w- move into our dark minute rises minute by minute commentary. So let, as always, or I should say, we're going from minute one thirty seven to one thirty eight. So as always. Grab your VHS tape, grab your beta tape, grab your laser disc, your HD DVD, your DVD, um, your 4K Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> Sucks to say that already. <laughs> yeah, your projector. Did I get get everything, Tim? Except your memberships that everyone, I'm sure, still has. Yeah. Well, I was just talking about the physical media. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Grab your Netflix physical media and your Blockbuster subscription. And of course, the best, most high, high the, the highest quality copy that you can have. Grab your VHS to DVD converted copy, Tim. And I'm going to yeah. give the countdown. So are you ready? I am set. All right. Um, three, two, one, play. And here's the big twist. Literally a twist of the knife <laughs> into Batman. <laughs> it was one of those moments where you knew it was coming, but just how was it going to be revealed that Miranda was yeah. talking? That must hurt really bad, getting a knife in those ribs. <laughs> Even with his armor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and there goes their truck. Am I am I misremembering something? But didn't they have a promotion where where the where Warner Brothers would put out a uh, like a chalk marked Batman sign? I believe so. I could kind of in different something? locations to yeah. different parts of different cities. I believe so. Yeah, I forget what you got with that though. Yeah, I do like seeing the origin story here of Bane and Talia. They're kind of Switching the two, you know, their origins from the coward, but I think it still works, even though Bane was still in prison kind of as her protector and Talia was more of the Bane character in the comics. But yeah. a little flip flop there, I always thought it worked in the course of this movie. So, where do you go after this? I mean, when she gets out of the pit? Yeah, like what, what direction do you go? <laughs> go hey, if you've been in there your whole life, anywhere would be fine with yeah. any, any sign of civilization. Yeah, I guess so. 
Uh, but yeah, that, that's our minute by minute commentary. Um, uh, we're getting close to the end, Tim. I can't believe it. I know we're on the home stretch here. Even the home stretch, the, it's a very long stretch still, but yeah. <laughs> we're on the home stretch. We just have to get through the the chase scene. Yep. The Tali yeah. death scene. Uh, the funeral. The funeral. The bomb funeral. Uh, and the 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 epilogue. Yep. Yeah. So, still quite a few minutes, but yeah. <laughs> we're good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, why don't you tell everybody about our feature topic, Tim? Yes, with pleasure. And this is going to be about the Mandalorian. The first two episodes have, I was going to say, aired, but <laughs> it's a little different that it's on a streaming service with Disney Plus. But uh, we were obviously very excited for that, and we we're going to be giving our impression of those first two episodes of the first ever live-action Star Wars show on TV. And man. Did not disappoint, just to say it right off the bat. <laughs> I love right. both of them. And we're going to go into spoilers here. So I know it's not Disney Plus isn't available everywhere in the UK. I know fans there must be so frustrated, which I feel really bad about. Oh, really? Yeah. When, not, when does it come? It doesn't come out till March over there. Oh, no. Oh, I mean, so I'll just say so maybe you just got to do what you got to do to maybe yeah. see it <laughs> before it gets spoiled for you. Cause, or you can just wait and binge the entire season because the season should be done by then, right? It'll definitely be done by then, but yeah. avoiding spoilers is the hard part. Right? Oh, yeah. So yeah, Especially with that big, big spoiler in the first episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we're going to be going into all that. So anyone who doesn't have Disney Plus yet or hasn't seen it, you might want to skip a bit because there's a lot of stuff you just want to experience while you're watching it for the first time. So, yeah. Um Man, <laughs> so much I want to go into with it, but you're speechless. Yeah, for once you're speechless. Uh, well, I, I'll say, I think this is a game changer for for Star Wars and, well and Disney. Um, I think this opens up a bunch of possibilities for not only Star Wars, but but their Marvel uh, mm-hmm. properties as well. Um, that they can do it. That they can have this smaller story that has nothing essentially nothing to do with their movies. Uh, and it, it, it also goes to show that they can build a universe around a character that they created that we don't know, that doesn't really have any flashy things about him, except for a cool suit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this is a huge, big, 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 big game changer for for Disney, for Star Wars, for the entire, you know, industry, really. Yeah, I mean, game changer, I think, especially for Star Wars, because yeah. George Lucas has been talking about Star Wars on TV since the end of Revenge of the Sith, once that came out, and that was supposed to be the last movie, how the future Star Wars it was on TV, and you know, over 15 years later, we're seeing that, and it's delivering on everything I was hoping a Star Wars TV show would be and more, especially after this last episode with episode two, but just the production quality on it. And it's just almost like you're watching a movie. That's what's so cool about it. We're getting almost like a new, a short Star Wars movie every week now where we're watching it at home. It's just crazy to me. And yet it just feels like you're watching, you know, quintessential Star Wars. It just felt, it just has a 
feel of it. The action of it was great. The production music is different, but yet it still fits the tone of the series. It's just everything about it is clicking just right away. I mean, I just write off from the outside how episode one starts where, I mean, it has that Western feel. That's a big influence on it. You just see that right away where he goes into that cantina looking for a, a bounty, but yet he was going in there casually. And then these two people at the canteen to pick a fight with him. And then he just kicks their butt. <laughs> he takes that core and tries to escape with his grapple. Shoot, we see it in the trailer, shoots the door and just cuts him in half. Just someone is what a cool character, the silent man with no name type that has been billed as. And he set the tone right away. And then he ends up getting his, the person he, who, uh, his bounty thought he was, you know, helping him, but ends up he was just there really to collect the bounty. And then the only part that felt a little strange was that blue alien character, <laughs> just the way he was talking and kind of those trying to make jokes, talking about you know how the species go to the bathroom <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, that stuff a little weird. But other than that, once he got you know put into carbon freezing, which was awesome, <laughs> it just the episode really took off. It started flowing like how I thought a show about a bounty hunter would. And once he gets into that planet, gets he meets Grief Karga, played by Carl Weathers, and gets the new client who wants this bounty. Which then he meets some meets up with Warner Herzog's character, who's you know, a small remnant of the Empire that's still there, he's guarded by stormtroopers. And then he gives him his mission, man, and he's on his way. Man. Those stormtroopers, <laughs> they like they've been through some some bad times. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's look at their weapons. They're not even their standard stormtrooper blaster. <laughs> yeah, and they look skinny. They look like they've been hmm. they haven't been eating. That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> their armor's all beaten up too. Yeah, I just love how we're seeing this. You know, time period set three years after Return of the Jedi. The Empire's fallen, and I some... it was five. No, it's just three. Oh, three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're just seeing what these different factions and remnants of the Empire are trying to do to survive. And it's just fascinating to see how the galaxy is now with the Empire no longer in power, but yet the New Republic hasn't been fully set up yet. Yeah, and then they they, they have that line about the credits, the Imperial credits. Yeah. Those aren't good anymore. So he, 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 has, to get, he has to get paid with the... Is the Mon Calamari uh, currency? Yeah. Uh... <laughs> those those Jello packets, those Jello. <laughs> That would look like Jello. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was just really cool setting up, like I said, the state of the galaxy. But then we're getting a little, I like how they're slowly filling in or showing us the Mandalorian history and lore as far as what their culture is like now. As we, once he gets that, that material to forge, you know, part of his armor and we see him go into that camp or that bunker with other Mandalorians there. And, you know, Werner Herzog's character says how it's the state of Mandalore is in disarray right now. And sure, a lot of that has to do with what happened in the Clone Wars with Darth Maul and just everything that's happened. We don't know exactly during the moments of the original trilogy. Rebels goes into that a bit, which you'll find out as you're making your way through the series. But it seems like things are messed up on Mandalore and what the different tribes and clans are doing. And just seeing his armor get forged and we see that flashback of him when he was a kid. I see, well, we saw that moment in the trailer with that little boy and that family getting attacked. I had no idea or didn't realize that that was going to be a flashback to him. I thought that maybe he was going to, you know, that might have been his bounty that he was going after. Because there were rumors early on that the bounty or the MacGuffin of the series was going to be a small child, um, which will kind of the case, which we'll get to later. But uh, I thought that was 
what it was going to be in the trailer once they showed that little kid. But we learned that that actually is him. And, you know, he gets traumatized by what happened in that battle. And that is a battle from the Clone Wars. As we saw in the trailer, that village was getting attacked by a super battle droid. You see separatist ships. So I can't wait to dive in more into that and just, you know, really get into, you know, why he became a bounty hunter and why he's, you know, is him and his clan or looks like they're going through hard times. So I just want to, I just can't wait to find all that out. But I thought that was a great scene though. Yeah. That was probably my favorite scene too. Um, It's the, it's also the closest scene to um, a star Wars movie because it's, uh, um, how do I describe it? It's like somebody finally becoming, or, or yeah, finally becoming what they want to become, or what they think they want to become, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of him getting that piece of armor, that shoulder pad or whatever. Yeah. Um, and he, he, I, I, I guess he he wants to be a Mandalorian with the cool Mandalorian all full armor, you know. And it's it's probably the closest thing that one of the closest connections to the Star Wars universe that, or the, the Star Wars movies that you, that, that we've gotten so far. Um, yeah. Yeah. It looks like we're going to, I mean, he was not a fully like foreign Mandalorian, so to speak, where we're seeing him yeah. get his armor. Like he's kind of has the very basics of stuff. And we're going to see him, I think progress into that, a full blown Mandalorian warrior that, you know, they're so known for and respected as. So I just can't wait to see that progression. Cause um, as we see him throughout the episode, he's you know he's a great fighter, but there's certain instances where you know he's just not unbeatable. We see him get taken out by certain by beasts here and there you know, that he struggles with. So he's not like this ultimate character who can do everything. And I think that's cool that we're seeing him, you know, struggle with certain things. And we're going to see him, like I said, try to grow into that ultimate Mandalorian warrior. Yeah, which takes us to you know where he goes off to pick up his bound that planet where his bounty's on and. He gets attacked by these Borg creatures, which for me as a diehard fan and being a fan of those old Ewok adventure movies from the 80s where those creatures originally came from. <laughs> so seeing them in live action, that was pretty cool. They made appearances in Rebel, but I know where they're originally from. It's from the Ewok movies. <laughs> so seeing them again was pretty trippy. And like again, a testament to the effects too, because they looked really good when they were attacking him. And then he gets saved by an Ugnaught played by Nick Nolte, <laughs> whose name is uh, Kuil. It's spelled K-U-I-I-L, so <laughs> maybe I'm not pronouncing it right. But he's become already a fan favorite character, I think. I mean, I've, I saw memes and the quotes from him online before I even saw the episode. I've been seeing, like, while I was at work, I just keep seeing the words, I have spoken on Twitter and <laughs> like being hashtag and everyone's saying it. Uh, hmm. It's like the series already has its own catchphrase <laughs> that it comes <laughs> from uh, this character. It's uh, an, already another good character who's introduced here, kind of um, being that old farmer, someone who's been experienced on this planet knows about life and is here to kind of mentor the Mandalorian in this like, case right here, as far as gaining access to where he needs to go and, showing him and encouraging him how to ride a blurb to get over to ride to his location so just like more of that western feel to it 
um, that the series has taken inspiration for it. But uh, I really like this character. Yeah, I also like seeing uh, random Trandoshans all over the place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, which 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 brings me to my next question for you, Tim. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen or heard of um, well? well well, you know, in uh, A New Hope, uh, Uncle Owen's like, we need a translator that can speak bocce. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen a bocce or that is interesting. heard that, bocce language? Not from the stories that I've read or seen. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't really go into that in Clone Wars or Rebels. And as far as the comics and novels I've read, nothing I can remember. Maybe there's some in the past EU and Legend stuff, but... Yeah. Bachi is something that it hasn't been explored, at least <laughs> some <laughs> that I've uh, really read about. So that inter- interesting, though, uh, to see if that gets revealed as far as what exactly is that language in this new canon, anyway. <laughs> yeah, and what do the Bachi people look like? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's perfect. This is the perfect avenue to explore that. Season two of The Mandalorian, the mystery no, of that, Bachi. No, 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 Tim. It's not season two of The Mandalorian. It's the. The Bachelorians. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next Disney Plus series. The next Disney Plus series. Yeah, cancel to... Obi Wan. Cancel the Obi Wan series. We're getting the Bachelorians. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I really like seeing Trandoshans all over the place. Um, we see we see them in the um, uh, uh, when uh, Carl when he meets Carl Weathers. Uh, and then so I get that can't uh, yeah, yeah, and then we see him in uh, the second episode. Oh, yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get up, or set up to what's the highlight of the episode, and it's a big action set piece, which was just awesome. I mean, he's trying to infiltrate this, you know, fortress, which is run by these, you know, uh, either smugglers, bandits, just these mercenaries who are, who are keeping the bounty captive, and but the alien species, the Nictos. But before the Mandalorian gets in there, he sees a bounty hunter droid, an IG model. Not IG-88, but IG-11, which I just want to call IG-311 because it just sounds so close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, Tim. Of course, you have to throw in the 311 somewhere. I got it where I can. Yeah. Who's being voiced by Taika Waititi, and he just does a great job <laughs> as this yeah character his his dialogue it is, is so dry so matter of fact but it's so funny too he just goes on shooting up the place <laughs> yeah i just love it when the mandalorian kind of confronts him and he just immediately shoots him he's like hey i'm part of the guild too yeah. <laughs> it was so quick it's just the last part of the episode but their banter and chemistry which is so good it was so much fun and i know he sh- ends up shooting the droid at the end but i I find it hard to believe that this is the only time we're going to see IG-11. They, they got to bring him back at some point. We he's get in all the promo. Yeah, he's in yeah. all the promo material. So he's going to be just back. too good not to use again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a really cool action sequence, though. Or it could be IG-12. Or I... Or J... I... <laughs> <laughs> 13. <laughs> or Here's what's going to happen. He's going to get damaged three times and he has to repair him three times and that's why he's going to change his name to oh, ig311 yeah, that's IG, gonna make all sense yeah ig-3-11 yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i see i'm here to help out with these things and making it all make sense <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and disney continues to 
to say no thank you, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I just love it. Just the shootout they've had is just so awesome, so much fun. And then when that big Gatling gun comes out and they form that plan for IG-11 to distract it while the Mandalorian uses grappling hook to, you know, move the gun and then shoot out the gunner and then he takes yeah. control of it, just shoots out the place. Man, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, especially when they, they, they take down the door. They yeah. Just shoot, the, shoot the door. They just give it that look and then yeah. <laughs> shoots it. So I was already happy with the episode. I didn't think it can get any better. But then we get the revelation of what the bounty was and oh my goodness was my mind blown yeah <laughs> dane you could have given because i will say there's been a lot of buzz about the first episode saying there's you know a big reveal at the end or is a big surprise and you there's yeah. like a big character is introduced and i was wondering man what's this gonna be if you would have gave me a thousand tries to guess what it was <laughs> i would never have guessed what we actually got in the right so yeah and i I had seen on Twitter, of course, like you, that there was a big twist at the end and there was a big surprise at the end. I, I thought the Mandalorian was going to die. And that oh, man. Somebody, <laughs> else, so, uh, somebody else was going to be the Mandalorian. Uh, somebody he meets. Not, not, and it, it, it wouldn't be Pedro Pascal. Okay. Right? It would be somebody bummer. else. Because I didn't see him in any, I mean, I, I, I didn't keep my ears close to the ground like you did, Tim, but I didn't see him in any kind of promo stuff for The Mandalorian. Like press tours and like interview stuff like that? Yeah. I don't he know. Did if he did his fair share. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't see any. So I was like, oh, so they're not promoting with him. Uh, so it, it, maybe he dies. But yeah, I, I, I was totally taken by surprise. I would have never thought. That it was a baby Yoda. <laughs> uh, uh, Werner Herzog says, "You know, we we know that the 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 bounty is fifty years old." And I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be middle aged men. Who who did they cast? Who did they cast? That's fifty. Looks fifty years old, right?" I was like, to me, no, you automatically think, oh, is it like an old Jedi or something like yeah. that who's in the hiding that they want? But, right, right. But it's ten times better than <laughs> an old hiding out Jedi. <laughs> yes, because we've seen that before so many yeah. times. Yeah. Man, I was not prepared for that. And I once I saw those ears come out of that little <laughs> container. I was like, oh my goodness, we're getting it. <laughs> we're getting a, more on a species of Yoda. And uh, I was just like, yes, because just the possibilities that it brings. I've been wanting a long time for Yoda's species to, you know, to get more information on them, their home planet, what their species is like. Are they are all of them so strongly connected with the force? Just their history is everything about it. And we've got a little nugget right here. Now we know a little bit of their aging process. Even at 50 years, they're still babies. And, you know, that makes sense because, you know, he's 900 years old when we see him. <laughs> and, you know, he's still pretty spry for an old guy, especially in the prequels. So, yeah, just that little bit of more info we got there just made me so happy. And just the potential of hopefully diving more into learning more about Yoda's species and what they're all about. It just blew my mind. I could not have been more surprised and more happy about this. It really took the series to a whole nother level for me. Yeah. And also it... Um... It also proves, I guess, the fact that 
it, it, it doesn't matter what age you are. If you're Yoda species, you automatically look old. Right? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Be, he look like a, well, the baby looks kind of old. The baby looks kind of old. He looks cute, but you know, he still looks like a, like an old man. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to disagree with you on that one. But <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, talk about talk about a great ending for a first yeah. episode that left you wanting more and couldn't wait to see the next one. It just, yeah, it's it's like, why do they want him mm-hmm. uh, or her? I don't, yeah, I, I'm not sure if we know if it's the, the gender of the, no, we the baby. Yeah, so yeah, my big question was like, why do they want the baby? The kid? Yeah, I'm thinking mm-hmm. that it's you know it's, it's a remnant of the empire that wants it. And that scientist, that doctor was there. This is another thing that was a little Easter egg, which, you know, I didn't notice right away, but everyone online is saying he has like a symbol from Camino, which people are believing, really? you know, does he want to clone it? Is that a clone? But he, he obviously, he wants it alive, but Werner Herzog character, he wants it dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seen. Um, so it just makes you wonder, like, you know, why do they want to, why does, they're in conflict there. One wants him dead, one wants him alive. It's going to be fascinating to see it play out, but. It was just great. And before we move on to the second episode, I just got to say how an amazing job Dave Filoni did in his live action directorial debut for Star Wars. Yeah. He knocked it out of the park, especially with that final action sequence. And he's been involved with Star Wars for so long now. He's the heir apparent to George Lucas as far as someone who just understands and gets Star Wars like nobody else. He trained under the master, so he would know all there is to know about Star Wars. And to finally see him get his shot in live action he did a great job and i can't wait to see more from him did did he direct any of the other episodes or is is that his only one he has one more i believe he directs episode six it's like either episode six or seven oh okay so yeah we'll definitely see another episode from him again which i can't wait yeah and I, i i did have a criticism of the first episode um and that was because we didn't get to see the mandalorian use the, the the long rifle thing that he had. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in they the make up second for that. episode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in the second episode, they more than make up for it and the jaw was no why. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so man, just when you think it couldn't get any better, the second episode is better <laughs> than the first one. I was blown away by this one even more yeah. so it's, it was oh, like okay. oh, can, can, can I say something really quick? Oh, of course. Uh, this episode is 30 minutes, and I, I wish they did like a 45 to an hour show. Mm, uh, but, th- but, but this episode is 30 minutes, right? So the Mandalorian doesn't speak until 10 minutes in. So that's a third of the episode he's not speaking. Yeah. <laughs> in and fact, yet- there's no dialogue. There's no dialogue at all, except right. for grunts. Yeah, and yet you're so fully invested in just right. loving these characters already. Man, yeah, this is so good. I mean, it starts off with another cool action sequence with him and the Trandoshans. That was a really cool skirmish that they had, and yeah, and that valley. Or that, yeah, yeah. That right away, cool. seeing that rifle you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> As those Trando, one of the Trandoshans going after the baby Yoda, he just disintegrates them. It was just <laughs> so cool. <laughs> it, 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 when he shoots people. It, it, it kind of reminds me of, um, or when he shoots people with that rifle thing, it reminds me of The uh, uh, Last Jedi when, when Kylo Ren throws that uh, Imperial Guard guy into that reactor thing. Mm, okay. It's and like then it's you see that. Yeah, you see like the, 
the 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 red pieces of plastic fly out yeah. all over the place. It's I mean at least it's a quick death. What blasts are done? Yes. I, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just great. And I just as much as I love the action in this episode, what I just really loved out loved about it just that connection you're already feeling between the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. My favorite moment of the whole episode, or maybe even of the Mandalorian so far, just when he's it's right after that fight. It's nighttime. He's repairing himself or, you know, trying to he, heal his wound. And he just sees the pain he is and you see Baby Yoda come out of his little container, walking up to him and trying to heal him. And he picks him up and puts him back. You're just seeing the bond form already for both yeah. those two characters. I just loved it so much. Yeah, and it, you can kind of see where this story is going. You know, uh, I don't think he's giving him up. I See, I think he's going to give him up but then he's going to play back into the story later on in the season where he has to get him back somehow. Where mm. he finds out the Empire wants to kill him or they're going to experiment on him and he wants to go go rescue him. Because we know he's going to do battle against the Empire in later episodes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just thinking that that goes against kind of against the the Western thing that they've built to so far. True. Right? So it's going to be like the old disgruntled man and the younger um, sort of kid the kid right mm-hmm. the the kid stereotype so See, the only thing where i think he's going to turn him in is because we see him get more of his armor and he has to get paid for that so oh. <laughs> in order for him to get paid he has to bring in the bounty because we see him fully full like with more of that arm that armor shoulder plate he has on and we see more of that on his suit later on in like trailers and stuff so that's, oh, that's my thinking <laughs> unless you get to some other way but Right now, that's how I think it's going to play out. Also, I don't, I don't know why I didn't catch this before. Uh, maybe, I mean, you, you would know better than anybody, Tim. I didn't know uh, the Mandalorians had their own religion. They're pretty much their own culture, and everything is just yeah. <laughs> they're in yeah. kind of their own world, which they why they wanted to play neutral in the Clone Wars, or they just yeah. really have their own way of life. Yeah, right. Like they, they have their own thing going on. That was and a great line where he says, like, weapons are my religion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I was like, oh, so their religion is based around weapons or combat. You know? Yeah. And <laughs> there's so much to love about it. Because after that, I mean, I don't know. That's what's great about this. You get, I don't know what to expect in this series. And another thing I wasn't expecting was a wild chase between the Mandalorian and Jawas and the Sandcrawler. And <laughs> wow, what a yeah. really fun action sequence that was. Just seeing him go up against the Sandcrawler. Well, first, just seeing his reaction when he sees the Jawas just pillaging his ship, the Razor Crest, and just how upset he gets. And again, using that rifle <laughs> to great effect. <laughs> Poor Jawas, though. I did feel bad for some of them. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they know the dangers when they're stealing from other people. <laughs> you know, what I thought was funny was... Um, kind of skipping ahead here is when uh, uh, the Mandal- Mandalorian and uh, I forget his name, the Ugnaught. Kuil? I've got to give his name more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, when they're finally, you know, they catch up to the Jawas and then they're they're riding in the Sandcrawler to that oh, layer. Yeah. <laughs> and it looks like the Mandalorian's bent over because he uh, can't stand up in the, in the Sandcrawler. I just thought that was great. 
Yeah, that, that was just so many cool visuals we're getting. Just little yeah. things of being explored in Star Wars that we haven't before. It's like the inside of the sand crawler, or far, at least like the main cockpit of it, where yeah, <laughs> they drive it. Yeah, but it was just also, fun action. I, I was going to send in an email to the, the Saga Continues podcast, but I figure I'll just ask you here. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> kind of a small thing that I'll, I've just been wondering about. Um, so the carbonite freezing thing, uh, right? Do, do you have to buy the, the vital sign things on the side of the block? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I would imagine it's something. Well, maybe not because it's probably not normal for most carbon freezings to freeze life forms. I guess human <laughs> humanoid life forms like that. So yeah. maybe it is something special like bounty hunters have to get. But I don't know. Then again, Bestman had it, and they don't weren't carbon freezing humans most of the time. But it had it for Han Solo when he got carbon freeze. So maybe it is standard. Yeah, that's true. Something I never thought of though, Dan. Another. <laughs> question that only you would think of <laughs> yeah and but also yeah. like uh, uh you know when they're um or the mandalorian in the first episode the mandalorian goes to that uh that place he meets carl weathers that that planet uh-huh. and then there's that guy that's taking off all all of the mandalorian's bounties yeah um uh, and, and 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 the carbonite blocks are 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 floating right uh-huh. what, what's making it do that is that like, anti gravitational devices that you can oh. use on certain items. Like you, you'll see in Rebels that they use that when they're like transporting cargo or supplies. They'll yeah. use like these hover devices that make them, you know, like these crates to hover instead of like pushing and pulling them. So, or or just like the the crib for Baby Yoda. Yeah, that's the other cool thing. I like how it's linked to his gauntlet, yeah. where he's able to control it and just move it out of the way when he needs to. Yeah, and cool. um. Also, my first uh, or, or uh, my second piece of the criticism for that first episode is we didn't get to see the man the Mandalorian uses flamethrower. But again, rectified, in se- <laughs> rectified immediately in the second episode. <laughs> Finally, get to see him use it. Uh, the best part was when he u- or used it to intimidate the Jawas. Whether <laughs> <laughs> they were making fun of him about he couldn't speak Jawa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. And then the episode, I guess the big uh, final action piece of this one where he makes a deal with the Jawas to get his parts back. I mean, first they wanted, you know, baby Yoda. They wanted uh, to, they wanted his armor too, or his weapons, like you said. But then they make a deal where he, to get this egg and this, this in this cave where a big creature works. And we got a glimpse of this creature in the tr- second trailer. And it looked really cool. And I couldn't wait to see how this action sequence played out. And again, it's another one that didn't disappoint. <laughs> Just... You know, the Mandalorian was kind of out of his league here. He was trying his best to fight off against it, but it looks even with the flamethrower, <laughs> could have get quite the good angle to really fry him with it. But um, again, another thing that was unexpected, we're seeing him go up against this creature and looks like when he's about to be killed, Baby Yoda steps in with the Force. And again, one of the things I was excited about with the potential of knowing, seeing another species of Yoda, just, are they just automatically force sensitive? And I'm just getting the indication that that is the case. We, we only, there's only three 
characters that <laughs> exist in the Star Wars canon that are the same species now. Yoda, Yaddle, and now Baby Yoda, which <laughs> we'll just give him another name hopefully pretty soon because uh, I, I don't th- believe it's Yoda and all this speculation about, you know, is it a clone of Yoda? Do the Empire somehow clone him? Which I kind of hope that's not the case. No. Um, it's, it's just another, you know, like the species is so rare now that that's why the Empire is after him. They know probably how potentially dangerous it can be. So I just hope it is just a a new character. It's just that's they're just so rare that that's why everyone was after it. But just seeing him use the force to lift up that creature and then help the Mandalorian out before he gets killed, and then the Mandalorian takes out the beast with his knife. Again, just establishing that bond and connection that these two characters have already. I love it. Did you see that baby Yoda cares for him when he gets injured because he gets beat up and injured a lot in this episode, <laughs> the Mandalorian, and you kind of see the concern on baby Yoda's face. Uh, but he actually helps him out here. And then just the surprise that the Mandalorian has. It's just, man, <laughs> I just loved every single bit of it. And just yeah, then how um, exhausted Baby Yoda is afterwards. Yeah, it just shows the strength of Yoda's species, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, uh, if if they can lift that big giant thing and it's still a baby. I know. It's you know, like how I'm easy untrained. it was for Yoda to lift that yeah. X-Wing. <laughs> it was swamped. Yeah. Um, what I like to see, uh, it's kind of a little thing, but uh, when he's playing that rhinoceros thing, mm-hmm. um, it busts his uh, chest plate. And yeah. his chest plate is, <laughs> is like poking out in oh. front of him. Like, how, how did he get that smoothed out? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably what he's going to spend his money on and <laughs> get yeah. a new armor. Yeah, he's going to be yeah. a lot of more forging with his money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that forge is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to be seeing more of that, so don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he gets his parts back, him and uh, Qwill. <laughs> Again, yeah. probably butchering the name. Uh, they repair the ship, but a few days pass, and then he leaves with Baby Yoda off of there. And just so good. <laughs> yeah. We're, I just loved everything about this episode. It just it felt magical with, you know, seeing baby yoda use the force like that establishing their bond and this great action it was beautifully shot this episode was directed by rick fimu ewa i'm again butchering his name yeah i'm not even gonna try it yeah <laughs> but the flash one, guy yeah one of the directors yeah. who was supposed to direct the flash which i'm just seeing now that it's warner brothers loss <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he did a great job this it was beautifully shot beautifully directed it was just all around job well done by dave filoni and rick here and the series in general, created and developed by John Favreau, just so far it's off to an amazing start. I mean, like I said, I could not be happy with it, happier with it. I'm, it's better than I expected. And I was pretty darn excited about this show. Yeah, is is John Favreau gonna direct one? Uh, no, he's just he's just written oh. all of them. Oh, he just wrote all of them. Yeah. But yeah, um, for me, this is definitely. A great surprise, a, a bigger surprise than Watchmen was for me, um, and probably the best thing I've seen this year. Uh, and I do include Watchmen in that. Um, not to say that Watchmen is a bad show or whatever, but no, it's just um, awesome. We got both of these shows now to look forward to yeah. every week. How great is that? <laughs> or it's 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 just the idea that you know, you know, I I, I kind of had the idea that you know a smaller story. Um, that has nothing to do whatsoever with 
the movies, like I said in, in the beginning of this feature topic, um, I, I it's it's a feeling that I had that could work um, for a television show, a live action television show, and then to see Disney actually do it and do it so well uh, is it's it's beyond rewarding. You know, it's it's so it's it's just so great to see that we can have a show like this where. Um, it takes place in the same universe, but it's off in this, this back corner, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not attached to anything and you don't have to stick to such rigorous, you know, laws. I mean, yeah, sure. It's three years after the empire fell. There's no Jedi. Okay. Well, let's make a story around that. And, and that's the only rules that we have. Um, there's these guys called the Mandalorians. So we got to stick to that too. So three things, we got to stick to that, right? But then you can create this entire thing and make it its own thing. And you can do it really well. Um, and I have to say to him, and I did, I, I, I like, I like the movie. Um, I know a lot of people didn't, um, but I, I really liked it. Uh, and that movie is Solo. And I can't help but feel that Solo would have been a much better idea for live action TV show than it would a, a one off movie or a, a Star Wars story. You know, it's kind of hard not to agree with that because I love Solo too, but yeah. Especially, you know, I know they had plans for sequels and to have them do more with the characters in Solo. And if they ever wanted to do that again, this is where you're going to do it. I mean, so right. I think that could work extremely well if they decided to go back to that era with Han and Chewie and during that time period and like i would love to see that so because i think this is the future of star wars for a while because we know the films are kind of in flux right now with (laughs) we don't know what films are coming next and we're losing directors and writers (laughs) left and right here so um it's going to be interesting to see the future play out as far as you know how much more we get on the tv front of the movies but heck if it's all they're all gonna be like the mandalorian it's going to be fine with me if <laughs> this is the main future yeah. of Star Wars is doing series like this. And we've already got two more on the horizon, the Cassian Andor series and then Obi-Wan, which is just going to be something amazing as well. So I'm ecstatic. I can, like I said, I cannot be more happier with how the Mandalorian turned out or turned out. Yeah. And I just cannot wait to see this whole series. I think it's going to be something really, really special. But yeah, also and- too, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, just, just really quick. I just wanted to say, um, you know there how there's like that big controversy like oh is is Ryan Johnson still doing his trilogy? Uh-huh. The Game of Thrones guys are gone. Um, Disney is a company that that can afford to hire these people and just drop them yeah. and do The Mandalorian and do Obi Wan and do Cassian Andor series um, and do Disney Plus, right? Um, so I, I don't know. I'm kind of kind of thinking about that and sort of changed my opinion to yeah they're, they're they're just throwing everything out there and seeing what they get back and then if they don't like what they get back then they they can afford to drop that project and okay what does ryan johnson have now or what does this director have and we can do the mandalorian season two you know so uh i was, I was just thinking about that okay it, it, it might not be as big of a problem for the Star Wars franchise as people are making it out to be 
Whereas Disney is truly waiting for that right, right, right trilogy, right director, right, right creative person, rather than okay, you go make your trilogy, and that's what we're sticking by. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's what I feel like they're doing, and they do have time. They have the Mandalorian, you know, it's uh, they can afford to do that. See, I agree with that. that Big of a deal. I agree with that for the most part, but I just. If that's the case, just don't announce these directors and writers. Yeah, that's the thing. I think they they're too quick to announce it and then they're gone. That's been more the case than directors being announced and sticking with the projects. That to say, so it just looks bad. So, I mean, if they're not sure on things, I would just hold off on announcing it until it's set right. in stone and like they're starting production very soon, so you don't have to worry about. <laughs> and that's the going joke now. Whenever they announce who a new writer or director is for next movie. It's automatically people are going to think, okay, how long till they get fired or quit or whatnot? So they just got to change yeah. that narrative. Well, it could be a leak thing where they 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 sort of they. Yeah, but most of these announcements came officially from them. <laughs> oh, or maybe they're just trying to beat it. You know, like they they find out that the Hollywood Reporter or whatever is gonna or found out that so and so is going to be their new director for whatever movie and so they just jump on the opportunity to just announce it themselves maybe but still to, to <laughs> kind of control the narrative rather than yeah. have somebody announce it and then fans go crazy over it you know yeah but i don't know they just gotta do a better job i still either way <laughs> <laughs> right and what I was just going to say too this disney plus as a whole is really really good I, the service the layout oh. on it's really great there's tons and tons of content to choose from old classic movies old tv cartoon shows i used to watch from disney which i can't wait to dive back into you got everything from star wars on there except the last jedi and solo because those are still on netflix and that those contracts have to run out star wars and, is in 4k and, and a lot of people are forgetting this sim the micro series is not on disney plus yeah that's to me, not a surprise, but I wish it was on there. But yeah, <laughs> some reason that's the one they want to forget about. Sad to say, because it's so good. I know yeah, it's it's really good. That's fine. Thankful I got those DVD copies a long time ago. <laughs> they just yeah. need to be remastered in HD because it would look amazing in HD. Yeah. So yeah, Disney Plus is definitely worth it, just for the Mandalorian alone, really. But <laughs> just for everything else it has to offer, it's really, really good. I am more than happy with it. Yeah, it. Um... It launched around nine o'clock uh, at night my time, so I quickly went on at nine o one, and it it was working fine uh, for me. I I watched uh, uh, a little bit of the beginning of Lion King. I didn't want to dive into the Mandalorian because I wanted to you know fully watch it. Yeah, um, when you're able to enjoy it yeah. all the way. I didn't yeah, watch it until later tired. the next day either. <laughs> Yeah, and I wasn't tired and stuff. So, yeah, well, I watched a little bit of The Lion King, and it, it works perfectly. And then I, I go to work the next day, and people are having a lot of trouble with with, with the servers and everything. Yeah, Which, But it worked fine for me. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't download it the night before. It wasn't available for me before I had to go to sleep that night. And then in the morning, of course, I had to go to work. And that's when, like, you know, I saw everyone (laughs) having issues, especially on the Xbox, which I was like, "Uh uh-oh, that's going to be my main (laughs) platform I'm going to watch it on. 
but by the time I got home, like, like all those bugs were fixed, and it's been working smoothly for me ever since. So, yeah, it's it's kind of weird how fast they fixed it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what they had to do, but they're probably prepared for it, knowing that you know these oh, launches yeah. don't really go smoothly. So we just got to be ready and get everything working. Because the Mandalorian wasn't playing on the Xbox, from what I've heard from a lot of people. Really? So, yeah. By the time I got home, it played fine though, no issues whatsoever. <laughs> The show specifically? Yeah, I just thought show specific, that episode specifically. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't play. Wow. I guess a lot of people are watching it. Which yeah, is on a good the Xbox thing. too, yeah. On the Xbox. <laughs> um, the Xbox software is way better than the PS4 software. I personally think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my go-to system, so I'm a little biased here. but <laughs> um, It just looks better. I, I really like the Windows thing. Mm. Um, yeah. I just wanted to add that in there for no yeah. reason. <laughs> slowly converting you over to have your Xbox be your main system name. <laughs> I, I really like the layout of the Xbox. I really do. I just wish all of your games were on your home screen. I think you could pin them on there, though. Really? Yeah. So I have. I know you can with the apps, but I never actually did that with the games. But I'm pretty sure you can. I mean, I would think so, but have to look into it. Yeah. Otherwise, you have to go to. You have to hit the Xbox button. Then you got to go to my games and apps. Yeah. And then you got to go to installed, and then you got to you, you, you know. So. Yeah, I got to see if you can pin those ones on there. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's our future topic for this episode. Unless you had anything else to add, Tim? I think that's it. Just go watch The Mandalorian. It's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. Uh, I did have something to add, but I totally forgot it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you'll remember it out of the Uh, the blue somewhere. (laughs) I I know. Is Pedro Pascal ever going to take off his helmet? No, I don't right? think so. No. Yeah, because that's like against their religion or whatever, right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can't take off their helmet. Some Mandalorian, you see in Rebels and Clone Wars, they do, but I, maybe it depends on the clan because there's different clans. But maybe just in this time period now, the Mandalorians don't take off their helmets, or maybe it's just him in general. But yeah, I don't think we're going to see his face at least for the majority of the season. If anything, maybe just in the final episode. But I or a flashback or yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's that. That's it for a future topic. Definitely go watch the Mandalorian. Definitely sign up for Disney Plus. There's a seven day free trial, um, and you will not regret it. Um, no, you this won't. This is definitely one of the uh, one of the best streaming services that you can put money into. Yeah, and it's not even that expensive either. It's like seven bucks a month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, now we can move on to our news and discussion topics. Um, now I'm going to go from bottom up, Tim, because... Okay. Uh, Smallest to biggest, I guess. <laughs> yeah, one of my dreams have been dashed with that, with that first one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Titans has been renewed for season three. Um, I can't believe you're watching that, Tim, Titans. Because uh, it's really good. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is it? Well, you've heard me talk about it when I reviewed the first season. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but, but is it really worth watching? I personally think it is. I mean, it's not perfect. Uh, 
this yeah. season there's it's one of its problems has been maybe a little too many story threads out there that there shouldn't be where it should have been focused more on the main plot, which is them going up against Deathstroke and Dick coping with something bad that he did in the past regarding Deathstroke. All that stuff has been great. But then there's some other subplots with Starfire and her home planet. You still got Raven dealing with the aftermath of Trigon, which, you know, stuff that should have been dealt with that we saw already in season one. And he's throwing Connor Kent, which is great. I mean, stuff with him in uh, Beast Boy and fantastic. You got Cadmus. So a little too much stuff going on. If it just focus on the Deathstroke main story uh, involving Dick and then uh, Connor Kent and Cadmus, it'd be a lot more focused and more streamlined. But the characters are just so well done. And it's the characterizations of them. Brenton Dwight says Dick Grayson is phenomenal. He's just really living up to, you know, the potential of what a great portrayal of Dick Grayson in live action could be. And we're getting that with his performance. So there's definitely a lot of stuff to love about it. I just wish it was a little more focused as far as its story threads. Trigon is um, like Qui-Gon. Three times <laughs> better, right? No. Uh, <laughs> definitely not better than Qui-Gon. Dang it. <laughs> but I'm definitely glad season three is getting, you know, is getting or I should say it's get the show's getting renewed for season three because it's all talking yeah. about HBO Max and is the DC universe going away. Um the Titan's not going away, at least not for another season. And we know I don't think this is a spoiler, but in case it is for those who are watching Titans or hasn't been caught up yet, but throwing it out there that we know Dick's becoming Nightwing at the end of this season. And to get a full season of him and Nightwing fully with the Titans, I think is gonna be really cool. So definitely happy it's getting the third season. Yeah, swamp thing. Didn't get. Did, didn't even get a full first season. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I guess that's good. I, I I always thought that Titans was just Arrow with swearing. <laughs> no, uh, definitely swearing, but definitely it doesn't have that CW quality, which I like about it. So. Oh, good. Um, our next piece of news is that Black Adam is, uh, or the movie is finally getting a release date. Of yeah. 12, 22, 21. And it will join both the Flash movie and the Green Lantern movie uh, as being things that will be released in the future that might not come true. <laughs> you know what? I wish I could say you're dead wrong about it, but with the track record with the ones you just mentioned, anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this. Project's been developed for so long now with The Rock yeah. as <laughs> Black Adam. That, that's why it's, you know, it's great to finally get a release date that hopefully it sticks with that. So, I mean, I think The Rock is going to be really great as Black Adam and just have the potential of him going up with future Shazam sequels, hopefully. Hopefully it all works out and pans out because there's a lot of cool stuff that could happen with Black Adam and Shazam. So he announced this on his Instagram telling about his history with the character. And then there was a cool piece of concept art uh, with him as Black Adam drawn by Jim Lee, which is really cool. So it's moving in the right direction. Let's just hope it keeps on track and it meets that release date because we know DC previously announced projects with DC movies don't have the best track record, but this one's moving positively in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, and plus two, there's no Star Wars movie coming out next year. Yeah, well, two years from so, now. <laughs> yeah, or two years from now, sorry. That we know of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I um, believe me, there's no Star Wars movie coming in 2021. 
Our next piece of news is that uh, Jamie Lawson. Sorry, I, I always I, I thought that was a different name, and I started. <laughs> uh, Jamie Lawson uh, has been cast as, or cast in the Batman. Sorry, um, I haven't really seen her in it. I don't think she's been in anything. Yeah, she hasn't. This is she, actually going to be her first movie. Yeah. Uh, well, Trini and Juilliard Lawson played Juliet in Romeo and Juliet, as well as the title role in Hamlet. Lady in Red for colored girls who have considered suicide. Uh, yeah, so it seems like she's still in school. It's like she still is, or she's just you know coming out of film school. Or which, just I mean, coming out. Yeah. How awesome is it for her that you know her first movie is going to be a Batman movie with Matt Reeves? <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Yeah. So. But yeah, there's we don't know who she's playing yet. Um, I think the latest rumor was that I mean she's going to be playing a new character who's kind of, you know, is either a lawyer or like a political activist. So maybe someone who's goes against Batman or goes or is for Batman. I'm not sure yet. But I think the rumor is that she's playing a new character. But um, yeah. I was going to say like this movie so far has been casting a lot of actors that I'm not familiar with but have great reputations. And but she was another one who's you know an actor not familiar with, but most people aren't familiar with since she hasn't really been anything. But finally, Dane, we've gotten some actors cast in the movie that I know of. <laughs> Who is so, that? Is that uh, is it Jeremy Irons, Tim? <laughs> oh, oh wait, I, wrong, wrong. I was gonna say, movie, Tim. I don't think he's coming back <laughs> as Alfred in this one. Yeah, he's too busy stuck on whatever location he is in Watchmen. <laughs> it's it's just a big vivarium, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> see, my On personal Mars. guess is that... See, I think it's the moon. It's the moon? There's that, there that shot where he's launching those dead bodies yeah. to the moon. Like, or it pans into the moon that we see on Earth. So I think that was could have been a reference where that's where he's at and he's trying oh, to get off there. Oh, I see. But Mars is another guest, too, which I could definitely see for Dr. Manhattan as I'm trapped there <laughs> for some reason. Well, not for yeah, some reason. Yeah, because he, he is in some sort of prison. Yeah, we definitely know that. But it, I wonder what for. I mean, it's not for the the spaghetti monster. Is it, though? Maybe Manhattan's keeping him there because of that. Well, Yeah, but, but he was cool with it. In well, Washington. that's true, too. Right? That, that is yeah. true. I mean, he killed Rorschach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see why he's there and who's keeping yeah. him. This is another mystery that makes the show really fascinating to watch. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. So Jeremy Irons is not in this Batman movie. <laughs> I, I, I do kind of want that uh, Jeremy Irons statue, that gold statue. <laughs> I just want that. Eyes. <laughs> 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 I, I just thought it was so funny in um, the that one episode of uh, Watchmen, where uh, Lady True uh, promised her mom she would never leave Vietnam, so she made an entire vivarium in the middle of Oklahoma, <laughs> in, in uh, of Vietnam. Yeah. Humidity and all, yeah. <laughs> uh, so much weird stuff going on in that show, and I just love all yeah. of it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, why don't you announce it, Tim? Yes, we've got Gollum 
we got Caesar, we got Snoke, we got Dr. Claw, or not Dr. Claw, that's Inspector Gadget, <laughs> Ulysses S. Claw from <laughs> Black Panther, as Alfred, <laughs> the one yeah. and only Andy Serkis is playing Alfred. Finally, finally and, a live action role for Andy Serkis. Yeah. <laughs> He's not playing, you know, some random South African bad guy. <laughs> He's, He's not playing, playing a, a seven-foot-tall leader of the First Order. <laughs> yeah. He's not playing an eight Alfred. <laughs> he's, he's not playing... Uh, I, I think he was... I don't know if you saw the Christopher Nolan movie, The Prestige. Oh, yeah. I love that movie. Wasn't he also in that? He, he was David Bowie's... Um, butler. Assistant, right? Yeah. <laughs> Almost, yeah. Tesla's, yeah, yeah. Tesla's butler. Tesla's, yeah, yeah. I just yeah. call him David well, <laughs> you know, definitely more recognizable as that. Yeah. But uh, this is really cool casting. Again, some casting news of an actor I've seen and know of, <laughs> of work that he's done, which is the first of the actors in the Batman. So, uh, but I think it's going to be a great Alfred. I wouldn't have had him or someone I would have expected or suspected to be cast in Alfred. But when you think about it, it could be a really cool portrayal about Alfred that'll be different, but yet still capture and encompass everything we know and love about the character as well so i'm really excited about this casting news and can't wait to see him as one of batman's most important characters yeah so uh one of my dreams just died when this uh casting announcement came out and that is we, we were talking about how disney plus was like the launching point of these shows these star wars shows that um can not be only be your holdover for the next trilogy of movies or whatever, uh, but can also do their own thing, right? Okay. I wanted a... Because he, he does it so, so well. I wanted an Andy Circus starring Sith television show. See... I don't think this rule is that out, Dane. <laughs> I really don't. Yeah, but you figure he's committed to the Batman, and you know what they're going to do. They're going to turn this into five movies, right? Assuming. Yeah, he's, he's done other stuff amongst other movies before, though, like Planet of the Apes and, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron and Black Panther. Those were kind of around the same time together. And oh, he was able yeah, to squeeze those in. Because. I mean, I hope Alfred's in it a good portion, but he's not going to be a huge role unless he is, which I would have complained about. But if any past Alfred appearances in movies are any example, we know he's not going to be you know, a huge, huge role in it, which yeah. I think will allow him to focus on other projects. I guess, but, Tim, but yeah, I just kind of wanted that. <laughs> I'm probably the only person that wanted that. It, it, but, it uh, would sound cool. It does sound cool, though, when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> You see, uh, I thought your dreams being crushed had something to do with Colin Farrell being the penguin. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> I thought you were really hoping to see Colin Farrell in something else. <laughs> no, not really. He wasn't very good in True uh, Detective. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting with the direction they might be going with the penguin here, not the typical short, stocky penguin that he's known for but i've seen some complaints about it where oh colin merrill looks nothing like the penguin and you know the typical fanboy complaints about it everything has to look exactly like they do in the comics but you know there's been precedent now for penguin 
being a more tall, thinner character, not just in Gotham, but when you think about the Telltale Batman game, how Cobblepot was there, I could totally see you know Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell playing that type of Penguin, and it's been proven that that character could work in that way too. So, you gotta let go of just thinking everything has to be exactly the same <laughs> when it comes to these movies. Yeah. As long as they capture the essence of what the character is about, that that's. I mean, and I, I'm someone who likes characters and especially superhero movies and their costumes to look how they do in their source material, how we know them to. So I'm not saying where they should go full blown, do whatever they want, but for us, I don't think it's a case by case basis with the characters you're using. Like with Batman, of course he has to have the classic costume. And of course the coloring might be a few variations, which I'm hearing for this, they might go with the blue color tone for the Cape and cow, which I think could be cool. Kind of that throwback look to the old styles of Batman, even how, if it's not darker blue, like in the animated series, that could be awesome. So you just got to let it see how it all play out and, you know, allow yourself room for interpretation and adaption for these characters, especially when we're how many movie Batman movies are we into now? <laughs> Counting all of them. So you got to expect this kind of stuff to mix it up and do things differently. Yeah. This is like Batman. Uh, Batman, four, eight, five, five, six, seven, eight, could nine. Be Batman 10. If you count justice league. Yeah. Batman 10. Yeah. This would be Batman number 10. Um, but, I mean, if they're going to go with Colin Farrell as the Penguin, you got to make the Riddler or the Scarecrow short and stocky. You know? <laughs> That's the trade-off. Huh? That's the trade-off. Well, I think it's going to be the Riddler because the actor is playing him, you know, not short and stocky. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, they should have a short and stocky guy to play a tall guy as well. And I see how mad all these yeah. all these people get. I think Scarecrow would be the natural switch yeah. for that because he is tall and very skinny. So <laughs> he is the opposite yeah. of the penguin. So I think they'd have uh, to do that. Bane? Bane could do that. Yeah, that's true. Short and stocky, but still can fight and stuff. <laughs> still really strong. Yeah, I can see that happening. I think I'd rather see Scarecrow that way, though, now. Because <laughs> 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 it's the total opposite of it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's it. that's it for our news uh, for this episode. And now we can move on to our comic book reviews. Uh, for this episode, we're, we're reviewing Batman number 82. And our rating scale for this episode is going to be trade-offs that the Batman's going to have to make for short and stocky people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Speaking of, you know, wanting Bane to be one of those switches... Bane is the focus on the story as we're in <laughs> City of Bane. And uh, this one, I knew I wasn't a fan of the last issue, and it's still kind of continuing on with this one. Did not really enjoy this one too much. because This one is the big showdown between Batman and Bane. They're throwing down their gauntlets here. They're saying, no, we're going to fight with no help, no mass, just you and me, Batman versus Bane. And they're about to go at it. And then all of a sudden... Batman tells Bane, you're forgetting something. You know, she's I'm Batman, but she's Catwoman. And she throws in, she gets into the fight, and Bane's all, you said, you know, there'd be no help. And Batman's all, eh, yeah, well, I lied. And there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I've been wanting to see that classic Batman versus Bane fight where they're just really going to go at it one on one for everything that's happened. And for Batman to kind of, you know, play a little dirty here, not necessarily fight dirty, but he's, you know, using 
someone's ability to lie to someone and to believe in something and just to get the upper hand where it's not it's not a true honorable fight i would say which i was hoping for and that was a little disappointing i really wanted to see that bane and batman fight but batman going up against bane with catwoman made for some cool action stuff but the dialogue that was going on between batman and catwoman here just kind of eye rolling just you know still has that they're fighting as that married couple saying see arguing where you said he wouldn't believe it, but I told you he would. And they were just kind of going on about that and just arguing what their conversation was saying. Oh, it's a dumb idea, but I told you it would work. Like, that's not the stuff <laughs> kind of want to be seen between them as they're fighting Bane, which is supposed to be an epic fight. But the dialogue kind of kills it for me. And then all while they're fighting, Thomas Wayne is using the ventriloquist as his butler, <laughs> his slash Alfred, to take him to the location of Batman and Bane. And... Um, so we'll see them as he makes his way through the ruined Bat Cave with the bodies of all the rest of the Bat family members that he took out. So he's making his way there. Batman and Catwoman are struggling with Bane. But then we get a cool bit of action sequence how it's laid out with Catwoman just really laying it into Bane, scratching and clawing his eyes out, literally. And she was kind of making the point where, you know, it's supposed to be the city of Bane. This is Batman City. But um, you guys were all ignorant because this is my city. You know, this was my city all along. And she was really, you know, tearing into Bane, but then he gets the upper hand by kicking her off. And then this is where Batman's really laying into him, throws him on the ground, slams his head in the floor, keeps slamming it, and he tells him, you know, I should probably kill you for what you did. And but, you know, death would be like an escape, but it would ease your pain. So instead, I will simply I was hopefully he was gonna say break you, but then he says, you know, I'm gonna break your expletive back <laughs> here which is what bane said to him and there was a cool this was would have been cool i did like you know the irony here of batman lifting up bane just how bane lifted him up over shoulders to break his back i think that would have been a cool and fitting way to end this fight to see batman do to bane what bane has done to him twice now nightfall and then previously but we see a gunshot come through and it shoots bane or not bane for yet yeah, but batman through the chest and he falls and we see thomas wayne with the gun and then bane you know just can't believe what's happened he can barely talk and then he gets shot in the head by thomas wayne and we just see the bodies of both batman bane on the floor shot and catwoman's knocked out and then thomas wayne just tells him you know to fetch he tells the ventriloquist to get him the psycho pirate and that's where the issue ends so it's another one of those things where it's not a surprise but Thomas Wayne was the puppet master over Bane, or he was usually using Bane, believing he was in charge and this was all his idea. But Thomas Wayne has his own plans and ends to justify the means of working with Bane. And we're going to see exactly what that is with him in psych- using Psycho Pirate. And he just pretty much wants Bruce to be the son that he always wanted, it seems like. So he's probably going to manipulate his mind with Psycho Pirate, is what I'm gathering. And we'll see what comes of that. But. We're soon to believe Bane's dead here. He was shot in the head. Again, no one stays dead in comics, but I'm just wondering, are they going to play with the idea that Bane's dead for a little bit and they're going to wait till he comes back or we're going to find out he survived that gunshot through the venom or through somehow <laughs> he's able to survive it. So we'll see. So yeah, just, again, what should have been a cool fight between Batman and Bane was kind of underwhelming with the dialogue between Batman and Catwoman and just not ending the way I think it could have been in an epic way with Batman taking down Bane by breaking his back, but then we got Thomas Wayne shooting him instead. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of going along to see how the story wraps up here to see, hopefully it could end on a good note, not a disappointing one, which city of Bane has been for me. 
so far, but we'll see. So I'm just going to give this one again. A, well, the art was really great on it. I will say that. So it was beautiful to look at. Like I said, the panels of the action sequence being played out were all done really, really well. So got to give up some points for that. So I'm just going to give it two and a half out of five, you know, switch offs for Batman characters to being short and stocky. <laughs> I hope I said that right. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess that's the end of our episode, Tim. That is it. Yeah. Um, just go over to BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com slash BatmanUniverse, Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse, show's Twitter handle is at Batfans Podcast, Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. I'll say it because they, 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 they almost did IG. 311. Maybe I should change my Twitter handle to TimIG311. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my Twitter handle is at DaneSaysBanana. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes, and you can email the show at BatFansWithoutPants at gmail.com. So with that, as we say at the end of every single episode, Tim. We love each and every one of you with all of our Mandalorian hearts. I knew you were going to say Mandalorian How can I not? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. See you next time, everybody.